Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Rule for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker. And in this week's episode, we have reached the end of the Dead Sons Adventure Path. I wasn't sure if this would ever happen. When we started this two and a half years ago, I just thought it would be fun to play some Starfinder. I thought it would be fun for you to hang out with my friends and play along with us. And since then, so much has happened. We've become an official licensee of Paizo. We've become an official lodge for Pathfinder and Starfinder Society. We have one of the most popular Discord channels for Paizo and roleplaying in general. We now host the RPG Superstar Contest for Paizo. And we even have more in the works. Who knew that two and a half years ago, me just deciding to host a podcast would turn into, well, all of this. To be honest, it's been great. It's something I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to contribute back to the role-playing community. It's something that's given me many, many thousands, if not tens, if not hundreds of thousands of hours of entertainment. And if I can give something back to the community and even the company itself, that's right, even Paizo employees and Paizo themselves for creating such a great game, I am happy. Because throughout my life, things have come and gone. I've played magic and then I stopped and I played it again and I stopped and I play video games on and off continuously but of everything I play and I continuously play ever since I was a little kid and I have vivid memories of and that is role-playing games I can remember so much of my adolescence of talking about Dungeons and Dragons playing D&D watching the cartoon reading the books discussing it with my friends in school I have hundreds of vivid memories of my role-playing obsession when I was an adolescent. And then even continuing through college and after college, and in these times, it's something that we can still do with all of our friends at a distance. Recently, we've been able to play, well, more than ever since no one's going anywhere. We've actually been playing several days a week, and it's comforting knowing that role-playing is there whenever you need it. So whether it's Starfinder or Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons or anything else that you play out there, just being part of the community, just playing role-playing games, hanging out with your friends, having a good time, it's just wonderful. It's just an excuse to be with your friends, tell stories, be goofy, fight a little, sure, but mostly just having a great time. And hopefully... All of you who have been listening to this podcast for the last two and a half years, that was my hope, is that you had a good time. You enjoyed it. You liked listening to it. You enjoyed the shenanigans of Bob and Chris. 
and John and Jason, and then later Seth, and of course myself. But of course, all good things must come to an end. But don't think of it as an ending. Think of it as a new beginning. Because as you know, we have some new podcasts. And I've been editing them and listening to them, and they're just as funny. Just different. Different rules, different characters, different shenanigans, but still pretty damn funny. But with that, let's get to the final episode of Roll for Combat Dead Sons and see what happens to our intrepid heroes. You see that it's getting closer and closer and closer. The warnings throughout the ship are counting down as the is automatically calculating the distance before flashing messages. In addition, you also read in the computers that the Armada is rushing towards your ship to try to stop it. And you even see that there's small boarding parties docking to try to get to the command center to stop it before this occurs. But Hiroji just sits there smiling, laughing to himself, knowing it's too late. There's nothing they can do. They're all going to go down with you. However, right before you realize it's ready to leave, something happens. Sarah Vox appears. Oh! A fireball goes off at your seat. When you're about to leave, give me a reflex save. Seth Lipton is playing the Lushunta operative, Hiroji. Uh, yeah, so reflex plus 12. Does he teleport there? No, he went through. He was in the door and he came back out. So the wall of force isn't there. John Stats is playing the Vask soldier, Mo Dupinski. Oh, yeah, the wall's force is gone. And he just did an explosive blast. 31, and then, so you take no damage, I believe, because you have that. Yeah! So Agent. You, you, you evade right out of it. And Saravox, the Admiral, the non-binary Elabrian Necrovite, the undead Lich, looks at you and says, You can't kill me! Get out of my seat! Okay, so I want to say, appropriate for the captain to go down with his ship. I, I switch command over to you, my captain, and I salute him, and then I want to face shift out. Lovely. So he, like, is running over to you, throwing fireballs. You're dodging them all, taking absolutely no damage, and you face ship out. Let's put you where you, sh- where you show up. You are now floating in space, and in front of you, you see the ship's closer and closer and closer until sure enough they are about to collide do you do anything in your last moments this is major tom to ground control <laughs> circus dead <laughs> um i try to uh actually what can i do i don't have any of those slick jet packs or any of that do i I don't have any. I don't have any mobility. Oh, I thought. I thought actually, you, I think he did. You, as a matter of fact, did I? Yeah, you might no, have a jetpack, yeah. but it's not going to last that long. And more importantly, it's going to take you a long time. You're basically floating in space, and we're going to see what happens now that you got out. So. I watched the show. Like, you know, if I have a jetpack, I'll jetpack like 
away, but basically okay. I'm watching the show. Okay. You jetpack away, you watch the show, and this is what you see. When the Empire of Bone collides with the much larger stellar degenerator, for a split second, it appears as if nothing will happen. And then the Ultronaut deforms in shape with rays of black and red energy shooting out of it. The stellar degenerator cracks at the point of impact and then explodes in a prismatic fireball of incandescent plasma. The shockwave of the explosion warps the space around the portal and then the demiplane tears itself apart. Hiroji, the last thing he sees is millions of is millions of small pockets and portals opening up throughout the demiplane leading to parts unknown. You have one split second to decide what do you do? Do you go down with the explosion of the demiplane or do you randomly jump through one of those portals and one of those holes? My god, it's full of stars. I absolutely jump through a random porthole. You jump through a random porthole, disappearing to who knows where. Meanwhile, the demiplane itself explodes and collapses upon itself, destroying everything inside of it. The corp fleet inside are ripped to pieces as ripples in reality emanate from the catastrophe. Those of you inside of your escape pods feel the impact of the ripple of time-space as the demiplane is there one second and gone the next. What happened to Hiroji? We don't know. He went through a rift in time and space, and he could appear anywhere, any place within the universe. He's done it before. He is a traveler, a true, a true traveler. Chris Beamer is playing the tiefling technomancer, Akiro the Just. And he will be played by Will Wheaton in the sequel. Jason McDonald is playing the Ahsoki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone Cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I hope we can get him. As for the rest of you, with your escape pods, they automatically lock on to Gate 1's controller moon. Luckily, the pod also has a drift-capable distress beacon so that you can send back a signal to the pack worlds of your current coordinates if you want rescue. But in the meantime... You can land onto the Gate 1 controller moon, if you remember, as full of life and is actually quite inhabitable. You'll be able to spend many a day there not worrying about food or drink or survivability. And, oh, I believe all the ships are that moon are gone, as in the Sunrise Maiden has been destroyed, and the ship you stole to get back onto the Empire of Bones is also destroyed. So you are on your own, at least for a little while. What do you Marooned. Uh, we need to set up a, a subspace communication link. Oh, uh, yeah, you can do it. It's actually a no-brainer. Uh, you can call basically for, just for call for help. Yeah, you can call for hey, help. We did it. I did it. To get <laughs> us out of here. <laughs> I, I did it better I when saved. he was talking like a robot. He still yeah. is. He's still, yeah, he's still talking like a robot. I, I will cut in and say this is Captain Rusty Carter. Uh, we, I'm actually looking for rescue. We've recently saved all life in the galaxy, uh, possibly the entire universe, and would appreciate a pickup. We are members of the Starfine Society, senior members, actually. And if you can come get us, we would very much appreciate it. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy Rusty Carter. 
Rusty, I would appreciate you use the word acting before you say captain. Yeah. Yeah. Cap <laughs> captain of what? Always been the okay. captain. Ban the captain for a uh, long time. I appreciate uh, the either that or the title of honorary captain. Yeah. Thank you. you. You're, you're sharing with a, 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 a doctor right now for your ship. I have my own ship right now. <laughs> so it takes you about 12 hours to land onto the controller moon. Uh, the pods will pretty much take care of everything you need to do. You just have to acknowledge that that is where you want to go. And there, since there's right. nothing else, you don't have drift capable. It'll just land you there and go towards the inhabited area, which is, you know, ironically where you just were. So so you land there. Tuttle and Rusty have uh, learned too much about each other, being in such tight quarters for 12 hours. Mo probably fell asleep. And uh, uh, Mr. Akiro is uh, realizing that he is now going to have to learn how to be a little different as he is part machine. You could set off the distress beacon. And it looks like it's going to take about 22 days for someone to show up to rescue you. In the meantime, pieces of debris from the epic space battle occasionally rain down on the moon. On the plus side, the fallout from the collapse of the demiplane caused shimmering multi-hued lights to play across the planet's night sky. It's quite beautiful. Ooh. The Aurora Borealis-ish thing. Yes. I shall name this planet Rustyville. Hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, none of you have seen or heard from Hiroji since he went down with the ship. Who knows where he might show up or what happened to him? Sorry, who are you talking about? Yeah. I, <laughs> Hiroji I shall be remembered. Hiroji shall be missed. We shall build a statue in Absalom Station in honoring memory of Hiroji. Was Hiroji that guy at the Starfinder Society? I can't remember. Yeah, he's the guy that gave us the quest originally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You what, 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 about what about Shudder? What about Shudder? Oh, yeah, Cheddar. Oh, Cheddar. Oh, 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 God. He was the... God, I can't... I hope Shutter you can rebuild awesome. it. Now, that would be a worthy oh. statue. Yeah. There you go. Speaking That's... of which, speaking of which, with 22 days to work with, can I rebuild him? Uh, I'll assist any way I can. That's, well, I, that actually, is an important no, project. Well, actually, at a kind of more high level, when he did the self-destruct, was that a permanent self-destruct or just a, a usual rebuild cycle self-destruct? It's a rebuild cycle self-destruct, but you will not be able to get the goblin technology and parts back into him. He's going to have to go back to the old cheddar, the Mark One cheddar. Mark One. Oh. oh. So, unfortunately. Yeah, you're from scratch. Yeah, you kind of have to start from scratch because the technology was lost after he completely exploded. You should name right. him. However, however, here's the best part. This cheddar, you can make 6% Akira if you wish. Borrow some I of can, the spare circuits from Akira. I can assist. I am oh good at God. assisting with robot Is things. Is there any way you can do it? And then it will just say, heal me all the time. All the time. Maintain, maintain me. I require maintenance. So you'll be able to remember Akiro for the rest of your days, Tuttle. He'll be a little piece of uh, Akiro will be with you forever. In fact, we can put uh, him in back that, in that case. In that case, I do not rebuild Cheddar. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Cheddar, time Cheddar to move on. on. Yeah, it's time to move. Time on. to move on to Gouda. It's time to make your next one. How dare you? Well, that's for uh, later decisions to be made. So, twenty-two days later, the ship shows up. 
they are stunned and surprised by even the existence of this demiplane and the 12 suns and everything that is going on. They know who you are because, you know, of course, everyone's heard of, well, you guys from the television show and the distress call and some of the people from the undead fleet managed to get out. So they've heard rumors of the battle at the 12 suns is what they are calling this. Uh. And... You are one of the few remaining life uh, people who lived through this. Most of the undead fleet has been destroyed, and the few ones that left have long scattered as they did not want to get caught by the authorities as they are all illegals. I need, I need a couple deep cut rulings. First of all, what happened to the squawks and crackers? <laughs> did we leave them on this planet, or did we actually take them on the ship? No, no, no. They actually... Um, were in Akiro's armor, if you remember. He had the ar- armor with the carrier in it, so he can bring That's them. Right. That's we right. We do have that. And then, of course, on the other moon, there were, like, the two rooms that we didn't clear that had, like, uh, sub-bosses in them, so we have to turn those guys over to the authorities, because they're probably still there. Yeah, they probably are. They're probably abandoned there, wondering what the heck they've been playing, like, uh, Mahjong and stuff. So Sure, they, uh, they're going to take a full sweep and clear. They realize that this is ancient technology, millions of years old. So this is all fascinating for, of course, the uh, Starfinder Society. I, I claim it as intellectual property of Tuttle Tech. Cool. Tuttle Tech Technologies. Starting his empire. You make it back to Absalon Station, and you are met with praise and relief from everyone who knew the seriousness of the mission. Shisex, your contact, is thrilled to hear about this he's sorry it's particularly interested in hearing your tales and your exploits and he recommends that you write up accounts of your adventures or take up your story on the vid lecture circuit how much you want to tell him is up to you how much you want to tell the talk shows and the vid circuits and everything else is up to you as there were really no witnesses as to what occurred there only your accounting and those of other people that you ran across throughout your many adventures, such as the bumbling fools of the detectives and some of the other random people you saw, like Mr. Hiroji, who randomly disappeared. He will be missed. Look for him out at that university. He did pre-buy a scholarship there. I, I do. I, I have. Yeah, that's true. He does have that. He has a scholarship. That's His cool. coursework will be marked as incomplete. I do have a brief epilogue. for. Well, we're going to go through that in a second. In the meantime, you all get medals. I, in fact, have a picture here of you getting the medals for your recognition. Wait, of even the Wookiee gets a medal? Or no, he shouldn't, right? I no. Mean, the, even even Mo gets no. a medal. Oh. <laughs> you all get the highest honors given out by Starfinder Society. In fact, Chisex recommends that some of you might want to become venture captains and lead some of the divisions of the Starfinder Society as they need help rebuilding it. He also says something quietly under his breath as he brings you up to speed in the full debriefing and says, well, there was one weird side effect that when the demiplane collapsed, it seemed to open up holes into hundreds, if not thousands, of different realities. And some of the things that came through those realities, well, let's just say not all of them were benevolent. And some of them are now seeking power 
and causing trouble throughout the galaxy. But for now, let's celebrate. For job well done. You have managed to destroy the Stellar Degenerator. You came back more or less in one piece. And you are now heroes of Starfinder Society and everyone in Absalon in the core worlds. Yes, I did it. Awesome. Yes, no problem. Uh, do we level up? You level yeah, up? What's a reward? Yeah, yeah what's a reward all for this? Level up to level 13. We'll give you, I don't know, we'll give you um, 100,000 credits each. Yay! There Excellent. we go. That's what Oh I my mean. gosh, I can, I can afford armor now. Permanent residence <laughs> on Absalon Station in the luxury quarters. Oh, there we go. Nice. Obviously, honorary titles, the highest possible, or if you want to actually become... Venture captain. Venture captains in Starfinder Society, you can. But what you do with your characters is up to you at this point. If any of you wish to go through an epilogue, I know I have some ideas, but I presume all of you want to tell me what you've been doing or expect to do with your character. Where do you see your character in one to five years? I can, I can, kick, I can kick that off if you would like. Yeah, so uh, Akiro will decline the venture captain and in fact the Kiro is inspired by his own heroic actions that led to the destruction of the doom <laughs> he's inspired himself chooses to leave the pathfinder society for a higher calling Akiro will devote his life to foster the quote religion of the church of asmodeus this will this was arrived at in no small part by the actions of his quotation mark comrades their persistent and hurtful specious nature finally oh. took its toll on poor Akiro. Oh. Every time they referred to Akiro as demonic and not the accurate diabolical, something out there lost its horns. Taking a page out of the Religion of the Devourers playbook, Akiro vows to form a group of devoted Asmodeists to help bring order to the Pact World. Excelsior. Wow, that's that good. Wow. Fabulous. That is fabulous. <laughs> That was really good. So he goes full, full devil. Wait, devil or demon? Devil. That's the whole point. He's full devil. He's full full devil. Full demon now. I think he's some kind of elf or something. I don't remember. Full devil. He's going around. (laughs) He's wearing a T-shirt that says on one side it has like Osmodius on the front and the back. It say it's devil, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> and he's starting his own uh he doesn't call it a cult, but you know, that's for lack of a better term, that's what it is. It is a religion, a faith. It's a religion. It's the religion it's of religion. the religion of the devourer. Like that's he just he oh, realizes God. it was more of a religion. And he's gonna do his own thing of cult. Oh, I mean he gets tax breaks. That's the best part. Yeah, and he and he's got money to start it up, so he's good. That's right, that's right. You got a whole bunch of things. Who wants to go next? Well, Tuttle has an interesting plan. Um uh, first, he's going to uh, cash in a little bit on his success by uh, using his uh, increased knowledge of drones that he's generated to become kind of the Steve Jobs of mechanic drones and come up with a new line of drones based on Cheddar. Once he gets that kind of up and running and has some money coming in from that, he's going to neglect to put into his report that there's an entire library of ancient Kishley knowledge back on Istabak. And so he's going to put together a kind of... Se- secretive scientific expedition to go study the stuff in the back in the foundry because if you remember the foundry had that entire library of all their knowledge including advanced weapons manufacture 
So Tuttle's going to go, you know, corner the market on all that and come up with some interesting uh, scientific research and papers and such. So that's his near-term future plan. And maybe he'll dedicate some of his efforts to figuring out what where Hiroji might be. Once again, we steal from Star Trek. You're doing the Future's Ends episode from Voyager, where he steals the technology from the 24th century to become uh, Steve Jobs. So you're basically... It's not, being, like, it's not being stolen, it's being repurposed. <laughs> I see, I see. Hey, man, it's a good plan. You, you find the technology that's a million years advanced. Hey, Bill Gates, you, Bill Gates is a hero. <laughs> you manage to reinvent it as your own and say, it's all Tuttle Tech. Who's next? Um, I can go next. Mo is going to start... Now, just... To back up the uh, the Pesh, I believe their name is the uh, the pygmy guys uh-huh. on that on that jungle planet. They uh-huh. survived the explosion, correct? Yeah. On, on that moon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Mo is going to with, with with the exploratory knowledge and the charts and all the data that the group gathered from their sensors and their charting systems. He is going to try to help them out. He is going to start out his own non-for-profit foundation for helping out the Pesh. I believe that's their name, right? The Pesh? Is that right? Anyway. I think that was the Kish. The Kish. That's Kish. it. The Kish. Kish. He's yes. going to help out the Kish. And uh, the, the, he's basically going to use his public face to uh, solicit donations from all the richest houses to serve rebuilding their society. And the, the, the catch all phrase from his foundation is if you doubt our good intentions, we will make you choke on your blood. And that is the, uh, that that's the foundation's charter right there. So uh, Joe uh, uh, Mo is going to go into philanthropy. That's really sweet. And well, good. now I feel like a schmuck because while you're rebuilding the Kish, I'm basically looting all their science. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the two can work hand in hand. Yeah, that's that, true. That, I mean, that's, that's just the public face yeah. of our foundation. Yeah. You understand? I'll I make mean, I'll make a few philanthropic you know. donations. I'll make a few donations to your charity. Right. I'll be like, I'll be like Andrew but Carnegie. Basically, basically, you all just colonized something. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of how that right. works. Yeah. Well, you know, Tuttle being a trillionaire will, like, you know, occasionally donate a couple million to uh, to Mo's foundation. <laughs> yeah. Just to, yeah. Yeah, just I'm going to be space. Andrew Carnegie. I'm going to build a couple libraries and museums and make We killed a lot better. of the Kish unnecessarily. You know, they we, we couldn't tell whether or not they were uh, friendly or uh, antagonistic. So the, we were better safe than sorry, and we slaughtered a lot of them unnecessarily. So... We're going to be uh, uh, civilizing those savages, so that's we're moving forward with that. They were bad, Kish. And semi-last but not least, Rusty Carter. I presume Rusty Carter also went into also went very into similar, charity and helping out Kish, helping out little children, orphans, things like that. I'm sure, right? I, I really think of it as Mel helping out everyone. It's interesting you said where is he at in one to five years because he actually has a five-year plan, and, and I can explain to you what it is. In year one, Rusty decides to travel to the planet of Eox, and he looks up his old friend Zoe to try and actually work out a new situation and arrangement in the entertainment business with someone that he can really get behind and understand. 
Yeah, beginning in year two, he, you know, announces to the entire public that actually he's fallen by the wayside in his arrangement with Zoe, and he's actually releasing his own entertainment package, dramatizing all of his adventures along with those of his sidekicks. The quotes that Zoe is saying, in which he's actually never heard of Rusty, is something that you can ignore. You know how the entertainment industry is. Don't worry about that. Uh, year three to capitalize on his, you know, obviously brilliant production that he put out about all of his adventures. He starts a, you know, self-funded talk show and production company to work on other opportunities, dealing with any other people who want to break into the entertainment industry. Year four, he starts his own management consulting firm as well for anyone who actually wants to really like come and invest in actually everything that Rusty Carter can do for them and that he can actually give them a return and help them on a leg up. Year five is the last that most people have heard of Rusty Carter when suddenly he has liquidated all of the assets of Carter Co. investment opportunities and no one has seen him since. He's up to no good for sure. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Please on day one. You can join my cult. I mean, my religion. Uh, the other part of that <laughs> is at the end of year five, I assure you, Rusty Carter is a multimillionaire. But you'll never hear from him under that name again. Yeah, the end of that is everybody gets rich. That that's basically the 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 end plan for everyone. Do we ever hear from Hiroji? Do we ever like? Does he ever show up in, in like the uh, whatever happened to series? Seth, are you still on? I'm absolutely still on. Okay, there we Seth. go. Ba basically, I, basically, I want to sum up. Uh, I want to I want to, I want to sum up uh, Hiroji with there's a field. It could be wheat. But you're not sure. It's a dry grass, but and you're not 100% sure if it's an, if it's a uh, natural field or if it's a farmer's field. Hiroji takes off his helmet, he breathes the air, and that's all you know about Hiroji. Where Hiroji is, when Hiroji is, what podcast Hiroji might appear next in, what game system Hiroji might appear next in. You'll just have to wait and see. Ooh! Excellent. Oh, it's like it's like that Battlestar Galactica where Starbuck like goes to the planet at the end of the the, the series, you know, something like that. Exactly, you don't know. I like, you know Actually, I think Hiroji should 100 go... open ended. I'm feeling no, like Hiroji right. should and go like, back in like, time uh, and be the guy who designed the Stellar Generator in the first place. Anything, like we're still still doing podcasts two years from now, and then oh my god, it's Hiroji. You know, oh, that would definitely happen. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's <laughs> hilarious. He's actually trying to get into the star zone because he wants to become a god. Yes, that's right. Hiroji is going to become... Um, oh, he's going to be a prisoner, and he's going to be in the middle of a dungeon that the Pathfinder mages and warriors oh, are I, going I, to break into in a fantasy universe. No, he's going to be quantum leap. He's just gonna yeah, be jumping exactly, around exactly. from body to body. I, I, I don't know. I don't, like I don't know how I don't know how plausible it's practically going to be. But man, Hiroji as the ultimate reoccurring character. Like it, like it, he, oh, he, he will, will always be. appear someplace that. weird. <laughs> he will. And, and then and then and then in some circumstance, some kind of portal is going to open up, and he's going to get teleported somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, because because it happened it happened once. Uh, when Chris was playing him, he got zapped away. You didn't know what happened to him. He comes back, and now again, portal zapped away. Oh my god, that's yeah. so true. There that is go. so true. <laughs> it, it, it has to be. It has to be a recurring gag. It has to be a recurring. 
You're going to the Black Lodge, is what you're going to. <laughs> we'll show up. <laughs> so all of you, except Hiroji, appear to have uh, done pretty well after your escapades. Tuttle becomes a multi-trillionaire, the CEO of Tuttle Tech. Akiro builds a powerful cult <clears throat> church that is well-known throughout the core worlds, and now nobody calls him demon anymore. That's right. Rusty becomes a media mogul, where he goes head-to-head -head with Zoe, and then for a small period of time seemed to even best him at his own game. And then all of a sudden, he disappeared without a trace, never to be heard from again. Although every so often people hear or see what they think is someone like Rusty, but maybe that's just some horrific undead creature. No one knows for sure. Mo is well-remembered throughout the galaxy as one of the most beneficial contributors to Kish society, helping them rebuild, reestablish their place in the core worlds and is fondly remembered. Statues are made of him, and even the Vescarium, although they do not look fondly upon non-warriors, even begrudgingly admit that Mo has done a lot of good for the galaxy. Hiroji disappeared once and for all, although rumors have been said that he reappears once in a while in strange random locations, but those are just rumors. In the end, the story of the battle at the Twelve Suns eventually turns into history. In time, that history became legend, and legend eventually faded into myth, and even myth became long forgotten. No! no! But for a brief period of time, our heroes were the saviors of the galaxy. All hail the Drift Rock Six. Yes. Woohoo! We are number Excellent. one. Very nice. That's good. That was great. That's good. That's, That's really good. good. That was great. That was a great ending. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just I'm just in stunned silence that there's two two plus years of our lives. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. We we start yeah we started in like September August or September. I it was 2017. Yeah, we right? started in it August was. or September. Oh my god. <laughs> It does we were, not feel we that long. Yeah, we started recording in August, and then the show actually started in September, roughly. Holy smokes. Right, so, yeah, two, two years and change. Yeah, two and a half years as far as broadcast, because he said there'll be seven, eight more weeks. That'll lead into March. So September to March for broadcast time. Two and a half years. More than two. Wow. Almost, a little, almost like two and two, like two and two thirds years. <laughs> Although I have to say, everyone loves, everyone's going to miss Rusty, I tell you. Ah, uh, like, well. Rusty and Cheddar. <laughs> well, Cheddar more than Rusty. This this week's episode is when Cheddar explodes oh, yeah. and self-destructs. So that actually, I didn't make that up, by the way, Jason. Just FYI, I can give you the sheet. I literally have here. I'll tell you what I have on the sheet. Yeah, I, I knew that rolling a one was bad. I mean, I, oh, yeah, I had it. I had it on the sheet. I didn't, I didn't. When you rolled it, that was like perfect. In fact, I was like, oh, I'm keeping it. We're not, we're not changing that's it. Great. That's great. The only thing I, the only thing I found frustrating was you'd sound a little frustrated on that podcast. Well, because <laughs> a, a, I was planning on using the button like five or six times, right? In the, for the final, point. and B, it basically mimics the same effect the EMP pulse that I already have. I know I did that, but the, his, that was the one thing that was a little bit frustrating. Well, I had things like self-destruct and then a major malfunction, which was two to four. Five to seven was minor. Um, 
I had uh, eight to ten was turn him off and then back on again. That means you had to reboot him <laughs> for like a round. He couldn't do anything. I had selfie time. Holiday ornament where Cheddar suddenly lights up like a Christmas tree. All light within 20 feet increases by one light <laughs> level, so it becomes blinding. I have uh, Cheddar sing along. Go, go gadget legs. That's where he goes into overdrive and he can like move twice as fast. I beam me up where he can teleport around the. Uh, he can teleport around oh, for wow. a while. Supercharged where he gets plus four on his ranged attacks. Uh, and enchanted armor. Uh, he gets plus four in his KC resistance. He gets resistance. He actually had that repair protocol. That was the same shields up. You get um, shields, so you get some extras to your uh, your KC and EAC. Unlikely holdout weapon that you get extra melee chest cannon. You actually had that. He sprung a leak. I like that one. That's where you leaked slippery grease onto the floor. We had that one happen. Oh right, you had that one happen. You have overclocked where his speed dramatically increases and he hits with an extra plus four for the next minute because he's like going super fast. I have gray mode where a mysterious shadow falls over Cheddar. He gets 20% concealment. Now we're getting to the 90s, by the way. Then I have 96 to 97, mirror, mirror on the wall. Cheddar gets the goblet technology and gets a mirror image. (laughs) So he gets the mirror images. He automatically gets more than one, though, just to offend a character. Yes, he does. Plural, plural. Images. No, it's 1d4 plus one. He automatically gets more than more than Akira Hiroji (laughs) ever could. (laughs) He had 98 to 99 was haste circuit activated, where you get haste. He gets a haste for a full minute, so that would have been fantastic. And then 100, Death Blossom. Cheddar starts to spin at a dizzying speed, automatically firing his junk cannon weapon at every enemy in the room. He has line effect to automatically hitting each enemy and performing a crit on each roll. Damn, that is one. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Now the only the only the, the other thing was like the, the other reason I was maybe a little irritated disappointed is I had a plan that if he got down to like fifteen or twenty points I was actually my baller move is that I was going to shoot him myself to set off the EMP. Oh, oh nice, cool. that's good. That would have been oh, cool. Yeah. In the moment, I was like, we went to all this trouble and he blows up in the first. <laughs> I'm like, come on. I'll tell you what. The fact that he lasted the whole series and then at the end, that's where he rolled the one. That's pretty freaking good, actually. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's honestly. got some. Yeah, he, he, he's basically the Ben Kenobi. You know, he, he, he's the guy that has to die in the episode to, to legitimize the victory. Yep. <laughs> well, I wanted someone to die. And in a weird way, it just happened. <laughs> Akira was near that that is a horrible so that guy by the way how many times did you miss that saving throw it it only gave him half damage he never made it and um so he was level 13 and so he was a lich i'll tell you what he had on him he was an a plus he was i actually spoke to owen he built him as as put this way imagine chris built him (laughs) that's how this guy was right oh yeah (laughs) I mean, By the way, I insist yeah. on a small statue of Cheddar in your church, or small, small statue of, of Tuttle in your church for, for doing all those uh, medicine All are welcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, all 
Can, can most foundation use cheddar as a uh, image to raise donations? Sure. Ooh, oh, ooh, that's a good I'm thing. Very, oh, very cha-ching! That's what I'm talking about. Cha-ching! Oh, sorry. Actually, I copyrighted the uh, the actual image. Oh, he did. I remember that. I'm sorry. In I fact, mean, I'm actually, still, all I'm of your images. So. All rights reserved. Is, yeah, uh, but you disappeared, more. so after five years, you, you, we don't have to worry about you. I'm stealing all your text, so the least I can do. <laughs> Later on. And by the way, you understand there are many different private investigating firms that are trying to track me down because yeah. investors in my company, very rich <laughs> investors, are where, <laughs> where exactly I am. Where, 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 where did the credits go, by the way? Where yeah, the credits they, they disappeared. Well, they were invested in a company. That's 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 a good. You know investment. what? They don't call it a Ponzi scheme. They call it a rusty scheme now. There yeah. you go. Yes, exactly. And you know, I really think that the whole idea of a pyramid thing is really very rude. I prefer a trapezoid. Yeah, <laughs> that trapezoid method. Yeah. Well, thanks for running that. That that was that yeah, was Steve, awesome. Very nice job. That's yeah. that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Hey everyone, Steve here. So before this episode, I had everyone write down an epilogue of their character as a, one of them to go through and explain how they saw their character in the next five years. And I actually thought it was going to take a lot longer. That went really quick. I thought this was going to take maybe like 15, 20 minutes per character. But as you can hear, it took like two. So there you go. Now you know. But what I think was important is that everyone got to go out in the way they wanted to able to write their own story and i even like a little bit of a mystery with hiroji that we have no idea where he is what will happen to him where he will show up i guarantee he will show up in other adventures that much i promise you but there's one person probably everyone is asking about and that is by far by far the most popular character on dead sons and that is cheddar by a long mile, Cheddar is the most popular character on Roll for Combat. Which makes it sad that I killed him off so many times. But the beautiful thing about Cheddar is that he always comes back. A little different, but he does come back. And I like to think that Tuttle was able to spread cheer and joy throughout the galaxy by making little miniature Cheddars for everyone to play with. But those of you wondering, well what about Cheddar? Will he ever show up anywhere else? And the answer is yes. In fact, I have plans for Cheddar to show up in Three Ring Adventure. That's right. How can Cheddar from the Starfinder universe and thousands of years in the future show up in Galarian in Three Ring Adventure and have it make sense? Well, I guess you're just going to have to listen to the show to find out for yourself. And as for our intrepid adventures, well, if you listen to Tales from the Black Lodge, you can listen to, well, everyone except Bob. Bob wanted to take a little bit of a break, but that's okay. Tales from the Black Lodge was designed so that people can come and go as they wish. It's an episodic podcast. It's designed to allow people to go in and come out. And Bob wanted to take a break. He has a lot going on in his life. So it was no problem. He will be back. He is a perpetual gamer, and it's only a matter of time before he feels the call to come back and torture Chris and John and Seth and Jason and myself. So don't worry, Bob will be back one day. As for the future of Starfinder, as I said before, I kind of wanted a break from Starfinder. I really do love it. I love the science fiction feel. I love how it's like a science fantasy goofy feel, and it is awfully fun. But 
after two and a half years of being in that universe, I have the itch. I have the itch for my initial love, and that is fantasy. That is Pathfinder. And we are scratching that itch, both with Three Ring Adventure and Tales from the Black Lodge. One of the nice things about Tales from the Black Lodge is, although, yes, right now it is centered around Pathfinder Society, it could easily be modified for Starfinder Society. So don't be surprised if you hear a few of those in the near future. As for if we're going to be running another adventure path in the Starfinder universe, maybe. As I said, right now I'm fully invested in doing some Pathfinder adventuring. But never say never. The new adventure path that I'm reading right now, The Chimera Mystery by Jason Keeley, the threefold conspiracy adventure path, this is one of the greatest adventures I've ever read in my entire life. I actually would really, really love to run it. It's just a matter of finding time to run it. Hopefully things will calm down. Now we're going from four podcasts down to two. Yes, I still have to run the RPG Superstar Contest, which is going to take up a lot of my time. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I have a new methodology where I've actually been editing these episodes so quickly that getting out so many episodes really isn't so bad. So maybe, just maybe, we can get a third podcast into the mix. But for now, I just wanted to thank everybody for listening to Roll for Combat. Thank everyone for listening to the Dead Sons Adventure Path. Thank you for becoming part of our community. I truly hope everyone had a good time. And as you know, we're not disappearing. If you want to find us, we'll be at PaizoCon, assuming it still goes on this year, but hopefully, and I will be at PaizoCon along with other members of World for Combat. Also, we'll be at Gen Con. Also, we are on the Discord channel, so you can stop by and say hi whenever you want. And if you have any suggestions or ideas for the show, please feel free to drop me a note. We're always looking for good ideas, so if you have an idea of anything you might want us to do that you think would be fun for everyone to enjoy, please let me know. But with that, once again, thanks for listening to Roll for Combat Dead Sons, and I'll see and talk to you all next week. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com or drop us a line at contact at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember, if the GM asks, are you sure? You're already dead.